0: Proverbs chapter 3 and verse uh, 13 and 14 says happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. Basically saying that those things are more valuable than silver or even fine gold. I'd like to speak uh, for a few moments tonight in your hearing on the subject, the merchandise of the mind. The merchandise of the mind. When you look at um, wisdom and understanding, we see that that's directly connected uh, to our mind and we understand the biological aspect of our mind, that it is a muscle and it's it's part of these human bodies, but it is something that when it is directed by the Word of God and it is functioning in concert um, with the will of God, that there is something dramatic that takes place that allows men and women to have quality of life, much greater than riches and much greater than wealth. And so um, the, the great uh, Solomon, wisest man that ever lived, uh, he says happy is the man. There is a, a sense of happiness or completeness that comes from understanding this uh, merchandise of the mind, this value of wisdom and understanding. I believe that God really does have a plan for our life. He has a plan for our happiness. It does not involve luck or chance. It's not your destiny or God's will for you to be miserable. Not in your marriage, not in your job, not in your life, not in your spiritual walk. But to learn it, we have to gain understanding. We have to seek the wisdom of God's Word. So tonight for a few moments I'd like to go on a journey uh, through the Word of God. In Proverbs we read that we can find this path and and Solomon in his his way he lays it out. He he shows us this path where we can have uh, pleasantness and peace and length of days and uh, even riches but he redefines what true riches are and I would submit to you tonight that if you have wisdom and understanding that you are a wealthy individual. You can have a lot of money but if you don't have understanding and wisdom, the Bible says a a fool and his money are soon departed. It's better for you uh, to have wisdom and understanding and I think that the word of God gives us a roadmap on how we can have more uh, pleasantness, if I can use that word, in our life. And wouldn't it be great for us to have more pleasantness in this world? Amen. Certainly we need that. But in the outset, let me just share with you from Proverbs chapter 3, three things that give us understanding and wisdom. The first is a giving spirit. A giving spirit. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10 says... Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. The first thing that you have to do in finding happiness through this map of wisdom and understanding is to get a giving spirit. And and this is not something that's easily obtained. It certainly is not something that we're born with. You don't come home from the hospital as a baby and just start giving things away. In fact, they say you're in that egocentric stage where the flesh is operating quite the opposite. Preschool is not filled with a bunch of kids giving away everything that they have. And most people grow into adults with the same mentality. Get all that you can. People think that there is more happiness with more stuff, but as we talked about Sunday morning, stuff can also be very much a detriment. And so, what is this path? He says, he makes a comparison about wisdom and understanding, and he says it's greater than the merchandise of the world, but it is merchandise, so that's what we want to talk about. There is value, there is this exchange, as it were, that gives us understanding and wisdom and helps us to redefine what what wealth is what quality of life is one man said it first occurred to me that our marriage might be in trouble when my wife won an all-expense paid trip for two to Hawaii and she went twice (laughs) a man rushes into his house and yells to his wife pack up your things I just won the lottery his wife replies, "Shall I pack for warm weather or cold?" The man responds, "I don't care, just so just so long as you're out of the house by noon." <laughs> uh, the flesh—maybe that was the husband that was uh, reacting to the wife's trip to Hawaii. But the the uh, the flesh is funny. It uh, I, I've learned this uh, in in my battle with the fork, and that is that. Um, The more I eat, the more I want to eat. I know all of you are the the perfect picture of health and you've never had these battles. But it is the the way of the flesh. The more um, money you make, the more you want to make. And it can can be a runaway train dealing with uh, the lust of the flesh. And so you have to move away from that vice... That can grip you and control your every waking moment. God has a plan where you can can find happiness in the midst of influence and affluence. And the question that I would ask tonight is, Why should America lead the world in antidepressants? America, the wealthiest nation on the planet. Why is our country living on Prozac? We have much stuff, but we don't have peace. We don't have peace of mind. We have a high standard of living. We have freedom. We have plenty of food. We have safety. We have God's blessings. And yet, there is something missing. There is something about the renewing of our mind that God is calling us to. And the key to happiness in your marriage and on your job and in your school and in your church the key is a giving spirit the bible says give and it shall be given to you press down shaken together and then when it happens when it comes in barrels realize that it was from god and give it back to him and that process continues over and over and you're a happy person you're a blessed individual because you're using the blessings to bless god's work and others and you're guarding your spirit from becoming selfish so the first thing you have to do is you have to have a mind you have to have understanding and wisdom and that's what the word of god does and that's why i'm glad you're here on a wednesday night because the word of god is what gives us understanding and wisdom to see the value of a giving spirit the second thing is an obedient heart an obedient heart if you've got a giving spirit and an obedient heart you're well on your way to having wisdom and understanding proverbs Chapter 3, we'll stay there as we establish these three points. Verses 11 and 12. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. It's hard to be obedient sometimes, even whenever we feel justified in not being obedient. As an elderly man lay dying in his bed, death's agony was suddenly pushed aside as he smelled the aroma of his favorite homemade chocolate chip cookies sort of wafting up the stairs. Gathering his remaining strength, he lifted himself from the bed. Leaning against the wall, he slowly made his way out of the bedroom and with intense concentration supported himself Going down the stairs, gripping the railing with both hands, in labored breath, he leaned against the doorframe, gazing wide-eyed into the kitchen. There, spread out upon newspapers on the kitchen table, were literally hundreds of his favorite chocolate chip cookies. Was it heaven? Had he already died and gone to heaven? Or was it one final act of heroic love from his devoted wife? seeing into it that he left this world a happy man. Mustering one great final effort, he threw himself toward the table, landing on his knees in a rumpled posture, one hand on the edge of the table. The aged and withered hand, quivering, made its way to a cookie near the edge of the table feeling the warm soft dough actually made the pain of his bones subside for a moment his parched lips parted the wondrous taste of the cookie was already in his mouth seemingly bringing him back to life what then was this sudden stinging that caused his hand to recoil He looked to see his wife still holding the spatula that she had just used to smack his head. Stay out of those, she said. They're for the funeral. (laughs) Hard to obey sometimes. Sometimes you have to obey even when it doesn't make sense. A visitor to the graveyard couldn't help noticing a man kneeling in front of a gravestone, clasping his hands and sobbing. The visitor went a bit closer and could hear what the man was saying. Why did you have to die? He said, repeating, why did you have to die? Feeling he ought to do something, the visitor laid his hand on the man's shoulder. Was it someone you loved very much? He asked gently. The man looked up at him and said, no, I never met him. He was my wife's first husband. This is going to be a short night i can tell (laughs) but but god's word has specific instruction it's not a book of opinions or a novel of interest to be read and reviewed by today's literary experts it's simply god's word in the beginning was the word and the word was made flesh and life takes on a whole new luster when you just obey it we spend so much of our energy trying to find a way around the word of god but obedience is not based on understanding a lot of times i ask uh my children to obey and they um try to but it may be something that they don't understand a lot of times you may not be in a place or have the time to fully explain it you just have to say trust me and and obey a lot of times god asks us to do that and we and and we're to obey even though we don't understand and if we can just learn that simple lesson it ultimately boils down to trust if we can just trust him and trust his word then happiness is just around the corner. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. If God says repent, repent. If God says be baptized, be baptized. If God says receive the Holy Ghost, receive the Holy Ghost. If God says live a holy life separated unto me, live a holy life separated unto him in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths hallelujah the third thing is a committed life committed life once upon a time these two women were talking and the one asked the other how many times she had been married I don't know why I'm talking so much about marriage tonight We have tried to do a marriage seminar here for uh, pretty much the last eight months. And COVID keeps knocking us off of the marriage retreat. So um, we may just have to weave it into our Wednesday night Bible studies. But this lady said to her friend, well, I've been married four times. She said, four times? Why so many And the other woman said, well, I first got married when I was very young and I married this wonderful man who was a banker. However, one day, just a few weeks after we were married, his bank was robbed and he was shot and killed. Oh my goodness, that's terrible, the first woman said. Well, it wasn't that tragic, she explained. Soon after that, I started seeing another man who performed in the circus and he was really a great guy, but he lived pretty dangerously because he performed these high wire uh, acts without a net and few weeks after we got married he was performing a show and suddenly a gust of wind came and knocked him off of his wire and he was killed your second husband was killed also that's horrible yes it was terrible but at the funeral i fell in love with the minister and we got married soon after that unfortunately one sunday while he was walking to church he was hit by a car and he was killed three three husbands of yours were killed the lady couldn't believe it how could you live through all of that well it was pretty tough but then i met my present husband and he's a he's a wonderful man i think we'll have a long happy life together what does your present husband do for a living asked the lady he's a mortician a mortician i don't understand something here first you marry a banker then a circus performer then a minister and now a mortician well why why such a diverse grouping of husbands well she said if you think about it it's not too hard to understand one for the money two for the show three to get ready and four to go i'll be here all week <laughs> and then looking for another job after that <laughs> But indeed, we're living in a world that is struggling with commitment. Uh, We're not committed by nature. This takes determination. It takes faith. It takes character. It takes having a made-up mind. But the single most important aspect to truly being happy is to be committed. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, as we make our way back through this third chapter, says, my son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Same chapter of Proverbs, now looking down at verses 21 through 26. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion so shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down and thy sleep shall be sweet. This wisdom, this understanding, I believe has to also merge with having an understanding of the times in which we live. When we read first Chronicles chapter 12 and specifically verse 32 it talks about a group of individuals called the children of Issachar and they were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do and it says that the heads of them were 200 and all their brethren were at their commandment now the context of this is that king david begins to consolidate his power as king over not just judah but also all of israel so different groups come to him in hebron and they all offer their allegiance and uh first chronicle chapters 11 and 12 records these different groups that come to david and they all have uh different skill sets and they Are different size groups. Some are described as being skilled with a a shield and a buckler. Some uh, have been able to uh, kill a a lion in a snowy pit. Some of them had faces like a lion. Some were swift as a deer. Some uh, assisted David in previous battles. Some had been on the other side, but they were all respected warriors. And some of David's mighty men were described in previous battles as being victorious. One had killed 300 men at one time. One guy um, had been uh, left to fight the Philistines by himself in a field of ripe barley, and he had been successful. One guy had killed uh, two lion-like men from Moab. One guy had taken out a seven and a half foot giant from Egypt with the guy's own spear. He took it from him and then used it against him. And chapter 12, it starts to describe the size of these groups. The children of Judah had 8,000 men that were ready and armed for battle. The children of Simeon, 7,100. The children of Levi, 4,600. Jehoiada was captain of the Aaronites, people that still followed Aaron. That was 3,700. Children of Benjamin, 3,000. Children of Ephraim, 2,800. The Bible says mighty men of valor, famous for their bravery and expertise. Half the tribe of Manasseh, 18 thousand zebulon had fifty thousand men who were experts in all instruments of war and the bible says that they could keep rank which meant that they were loyal and they were not of a double heart they were committed and so many people came to david and the bible says that the host was so great that it was like the host of god there was just foul there was people as far as you could see And they were all coming and then here comes the children of issachar not a group that you hear about often 200 heads and they were all unified the bible doesn't list any number here the thousand it just talks about these 200 and the bible does say and all of their brethren were at their command they were leaders It doesn't say anything about their ability to chop off someone's head or their ability to use a sword or how many people they had killed with a club. It just says the children of Issachar had a weapon that they were extremely good at and it made them valuable to David. They had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of indecision in this world. But if you know what to do, you're a a wealthy individual. If you know through the word of God what you should do at a time when you perhaps are facing a fork in the road and you're not sure, but you read the word of God, you study the word of God, you pray and you fast, you seek wise counsel and you have a confidence and a peace as to what you should do you have been given something very valuable that's the merchandise of the mind that i'm talking about that's the value of having understanding and wisdom and having a confidence that you know you are in the will of god brother demerchit my friend that i spent some 10 or 12 years with down in brazil as we would visit in Fly those planes into those different villages and bring food and and have them get around a little place on the beach and us talk to them about Acts two thirty eight and to see their little churches be built thousand stick churches all up and down that river. One little stick church we went to their dedication. It was totally dark. You remember that, brother Tom? You and I were in the same canoe we made our way down there and there was a little couple they were installing as the pastor they had come eight and a half hours by canoe down the amazon river and we got there on that little stick church and brother Demerch had put them in as pastors of that little church this little couple they were so excited There wasn't anything around it was just a church I guess there were people living somewhere out in the jungle but it wasn't like any city was around and brother Uh, the merchant would share with us all the challenges of being in the amazon when he first went there with his wife and a six-month-old baby and didn't know the language and and all the diseases of being in that climate coming from canada and at night he'd wake up and fishing pole line would be coming through there as people trying to steal things with a fishing pole and a line they'd throw it up in his window and try to snag something and yank it out of his house and I, i mean one thing after another all the challenges and and, uh, and the disappointments and even a couple of plane crashes where people lost lives and all the enemy trying to tell him that this, is, this country doesn't belong to you, you need to go back home, these people belong to me. All of the battles spiritually and physically. But he said, he said, this one thing I knew, he said, I always knew through more than 50 years of being down there in that jungle that I was in the absolute will of God. He said, as a boy, the Lord had showed me two rivers coming together. And he said, I never knew what that was. But he said, I never forgot that dream. And he said, when I got here on assignment in Manaus, and he said, I went and stood out there on the banks of the Amazon and the Rio Negro and the Amazon came together. And he said, I saw those two rivers come together in that line. he said, I knew the Lord had showed me that as a boy. And through all the challenges, I knew I was where I was supposed to be. Oh, my friend, if you can know that you know that you know, no matter what comes your way, you are going to be determined to stay committed to the will of God and the plan of God to your life. That's a valuable thing. The Bible says in the New Testament, Second Chronicles chapter 10, we begin reading verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. What are these weapons? What is this merchandise? To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, put all this together and you start to see there is a picture here that becomes very prevalent becomes very much in focus. understanding imaginations knowledge thought the common denominator in all of these is the mind if you can get this right everything else will flow from it and the only way that you can get wisdom and understanding is through the word of god you can't get it through having advanced degrees and PhDs and education and, and all of that. That's, that's a tremendous discipline to get to that point. And there's no doubt that there's value and honor in that. But when it comes to having wisdom and knowledge, the mind has to be submitted to the word of God and the will of God. And in 2020, our battleground is not the Valley of Megiddo or the Arabian Desert. It's not the Persian Gulf or the Baltic Sea. It is in the mind of a born again believer that determines to serve God. That's where the battleground is. Oh, but I'm thankful to know that God has given us some weapons. He's given us some merchandise. Now, We may not be great in number, but if we have an understanding of the times, because you look around this world and you can see that the majority of people that are living on planet earth, sucking air, do not have an understanding of the times. They don't. They just know that there's a lot of crazy things happening. But they don't have an understanding of the times. How do we get an understanding of the times? i'm glad you asked that question it's through the word of god there's nothing more valuable folks on this planet than the word of god heaven and earth can pass away but my word the lord said is going to stand forever so if we have an understanding of the times we will now be valuable to the kingdom if we understand that these times that we live in demand commitment and loyalty This is not the time to break rank and run. This is not the time to fight the enemy alone. This is not the time to have one foot in the church and one foot in the world. You've got to have an understanding of the times. And the times demand, are we in church or are we not in church? 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind i reserve the right to read that again before this message is over power love and a sound mind oh my friend if you got those three things you're gonna have quality of life you're going to have happiness. It doesn't mean that you're immune from trouble. It doesn't mean you won't be betrayed. It doesn't mean that sometimes people don't treat you right. But if you've got a spirit of power and you've got a spirit of love and of a sound mind, you, my friend, are going to be victorious. You may not be skilled with carnal weapons, but if you have a sound mind, if you've got a sound mind, You're going to have an understanding of the times. How do we get a sound mind? Well, you got to know your Bible. So hang on, we're going to come at you with the word. The first thing that you have to have is a willing mind. It's hard to get wisdom if you don't have a teachable spirit. If you go, and this is, this is true in any learning atmosphere, but if you go into any kind of a setting and you already think that you know more than the teacher It's hard to learn anything. Isn't that right? So you have to have a willing mind. So let's see what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 12. For if there be first, everybody say first. This is kind of where it starts. A willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath. And not according to that he hath not. Now all that means is, a person that has a willing mind is simply going to obtain more than those that don't second corinthians eight nineteen, and not that also or not that only but who was also chosen of the churches to travel with us with this grace which is administered by us to the glory of the same lord and declaration of your ready mind so you got to have a willing mind and you got to have a ready mind so this course, Paul talking to the Corinthians and he's talking about those travel companions and so forth. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. They searched the scriptures daily. Not that they searched the internet. To see if those things were so. I say something in my house. And my teenage sons immediately get on their phone and Google it. To see if what dad is saying is true. These guys had a readiness of mind. But they searched the scriptures daily. To see whether those things were so. I have been threatening for years to preach a sermon. I've never done it. But you know how nowadays people say Google it you're not sure google it i want to preach a message one day i've been talking about this for 10 years but i'm actually going to do it one day i want to preach a message called bible it bible it run everything through the bible i don't know who google is and i don't know all the people writing wikipedia here's what i do know I know that the Bible is firmly sound. Hallelujah. It has stood the test of time. And everything I need to know, you can learn and I can learn in the word of God. It's forever settled in heaven. It won't ever lead you astray. Bible it. When you hear something, see whether or not it fits with the word of God. And you have to go into it with an open mind. Because if you go into it like, this is what I want to believe. And I just got to find a verse to support it. That's not the way it works. The way it works is to say, "Well, I heard someone saying so and so, but I don't know that the Bible says that." You know, like the, we were we were we were on our way to uh, we were on our way to church here tonight, and I guess there was some news that came out today that the Pope has embraced perversion. Is that right? I haven't even heard the details of the report, but somehow the Pope has come out and said that. What is it? Civil unions is okay, or? A man can be married to a man. Is that right? right, right. I'm asking because I, don't, I haven't heard all the details of it. But uh, someone was uh, in the car was saying that and saying, yeah, and it came out and, and the Pope has embraced this and all that. And I was like, the Pope, the Pope is supposed to be the head of the Catholic church. And the Bible makes it really clear that that's not acceptable. So what does it matter if man says it's acceptable? You've got to have an understanding of the times. And the times that we live in, in this postmodern generation, the times that we live in has got people saying there's no absolutes and things are right, whatever's in their own eyes. But ladies and gentlemen, the times demand that we have an absolute view of the Word of God. And if man says it's true but the Bible says it's not, I'm going with the Bible. Let God be true and every man a liar. got to stick with the word of God. The word of God makes that very clear. You don't even have to, you don't have to have a degree in theology. I had an attorney here in town that said, asked me one time, what does the Bible say about it? And I showed him the verses. He says, well, I, I never read the Bible, but that's pretty obvious. I mean, you don't, you don't even have to go to church. All you got to do is be able to read. And it's pretty obvious that, uh, the Bible does not con- condone perversion. Man with man, woman with woman. It goes and it says it very uh, specifically in more than one place. So the, the readiness and the willingness of the mind is, is, is understanding that everything has to be validated through the Word of God. You can get a wild idea in your head. But if it doesn't square with the Word of God, it's not the will of God. It doesn't matter how strong you feel it. All right, let's read some more. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, here we go now, by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So a ready mind, a willing mind, a renewing of the mind, and a humble mind. Acts chapter 20 verse 19 serving the Lord with all humility of mind, and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the line and weight of the Jews. So he says that there is this humility of mind, there's this renewing of the mind, there's this readiness of our mind, there is the willingness of our mind. If we have all of those, then we'll be in one mind. Now, this, ladies and gentlemen, is what the enemy fears the most. Is when apostolic Pentecostals come together in unity of mind. I'm going to tell you right now, anything can happen in that environment. The reason there was such a powerful move of God uh, during this WINDS conference is because behind the scenes, if you could see where, where we met with the, the worship team. There was total unity. Everybody was working together. It was no big I and little you. It was all unity. If you could have been with us when we had communion with all the speakers, there was all unity. I'm going to tell you what, when men and women of God come together in unity and say, it's not about me uh, over you or you over me or big I or little you, or it's all about all of us working together for us, glorifying the name of Jesus and honoring God. Ladies and gentlemen, when that happens, I'm telling you, hell is on the run. Oh, the bible said in acts 2 the holy ghost fell when they were all in one accord with one mind Amen. Mm. romans chapter 15 and verse 6 that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify god even the father of our lord jesus christ oh man i tell you what you get into a unity of one mind And I'm telling you, anything is possible. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind. What is that same mind? It's a mind that is submitted to the word of God through a giving spirit and an obedient heart. It's having that understanding and that wisdom. To, make a, to have a sound mind, you've got to have the same mind. To have a sound mind, you've got to have the same mind. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 2 says, Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded. There it is again. Having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Now, let me go one step further. If you're not like-minded, you become (laughs) blind-minded. I'll give you the verse for it in just a moment. But just think about that for just a moment. Let it kind of marinate in your brain. If you aren't like-minded, you become blind-minded. Because the Bible says professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. You literally become blinded with your own ego. And so if you're not like-minded saying the word of God has to supersede even my own opinions. Then it's easy for the Lord to just turn you over to the folly of your own mind. But when you go to that place, you don't get that wisdom and that understanding and that merchandise of the mind that allows you to be able to operate in the Holy Ghost second corinthians 4 4 in whom the god of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of christ who is the image of god should shine unto them you don't realize it but you have so much wisdom and understanding sometimes it's even frustrating Because you see things so clearly and you wonder why it's taken everybody else so long to get there. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not just a given because if you're only operating with the armor of the flesh, you don't have that wisdom. You don't have that understanding. You don't have that knowledge that comes with having a mind that is under the will of God that is in unity with the body of Christ. And so if you don't have that, things are not clearly seen. But if you do have it, oh, hallelujah, you've got something that's greater than riches. You've got something that's greater than your IRA account. You've got something that's greater than your savings account. You've got something greater than anything this world has has to offer. Mm. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. Who is the image of God should shine in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 21. I'm hurrying. And you that were sometimes alienated. See, that's the part I'm talking about when you're not like-minded, you get alienated. You who are sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now Hath he reconciled? Oh, hallelujah. Alienated, what does that mean? That means you're apart. That's what happens when you refuse to get in unity with the body of Christ. You're always, you're like a a salmon, you're always swimming upstream. Making it difficult. But when you say, Lord, I don't understand it, but I'm going to just obey. I'm going to just be a willing participant of the principles of God's word. And you get in a like mind. You get in the unity of the body of Christ. What happens is you become reconciled. Your mind becomes reconciled. As long as you're own, uh, paddling your own boat, then what happens is you're apart. When you get alienated, you're apart. When you get reconciled, you get reconnected. Oh, Hallelujah. And to have an understanding of the times, you have to be reconnected. You've got to be a part of the body of Christ. This is how your mind is renewed. It's renewed when it's reconnected, when it's reconciled. It gets renewed. And the enemy doesn't want this. He wants your mind to be wasted, destroyed on drugs or shame or fear. But 2 Timothy 1, 7, here I go, and we'll read it again. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Because if I can get the mind of Christ and if you can get the mind of Christ, we can get an understanding of the times. And what is that understanding of these times? Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out When the times of refreshing. See, everybody that doesn't have the mind of Christ looks around and all they see is trouble. But the body of Christ in one mind with the will of God and the word of God has knowledge and wisdom that these are the times of refreshing. Mm. I know you won't hear this on the evening news. But it's the Word of God that speaks truth. This is the greatest day. This is the time of revival. These are refreshing times. These are times that no matter where a person is, whatever darkness they're facing, they can come into the presence of God and they can feel their heart and soul being refreshed. It comes from the presence of the Lord. This is not the time of war. This is not the time of sorrow. This is not the time of defeat. This is not the time of discouragement. These are the times of refreshing. Not because of who we are, but because of who He is. This is the fullness of time. Time whenever you and I can be refreshed. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times. He might gather together in one. All things in Christ. Both which are in heaven. And which are on earth. Even in him. And then Acts chapter 2 wraps it all up. and Puts a big bow on it. When the day of Pentecost was fully come oh, hallelujah this is why you can get up every day and can't hardly get so excited about another day this is the day that the lord hath made i will rejoice and be glad in it Oh, but pastor, you don't understand. I've got bills and and I've got this. Yeah, but you've got merchandise of the mind. You've got greater merchandise. This is more valuable than your car. This is more valuable than your wardrobe. This is more valuable than anything in your house or closets or that garage full of junk. It's more valuable than anything and everything. These are not the times of emptiness. These are not the times of meaningless, void, dark days. This is not the time of half-empty lives or half-hearted efforts. This is the time of refreshing. This is the day that the Lord hath made. This is the time of fullness. What do you mean by fullness? I'm talking about a God who can fill you up. Fill you up and overflow. And oh, hallelujah spilling out over the cup onto the platter. Hallelujah. You got to get an understanding of the times. Hallelujah. You got to get an understanding of the day in which you live because the Bible said the latter shall be greater than the former. So if you can hear the sound of an abundance of rain, oh, hallelujah, you can be like Elijah's servant that went back and said, I see a cloud, but it's just the size of a man's hand. And Elijah said, come on, we got to get ready. We got to go. Why? Because there is a gully washer coming, there is a downpour that's coming Elisha said oh that God would open the eyes of my servant and that he could see those that are for us and not those that are against us and he had to have his eyes open and then he realized that the Syrian army was only about 5,000 souls, but in the hills there was an army of the host of God that was without number (laughs) Would you stand to your feet tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Feel like God's wanting to renew our mind right now. Would somebody lift up their hands and their voice right now? Would you begin to call out to God? Come on, let the Lord open up understanding. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, your praise will follow your understanding. If you don't have understanding, there won't be praise. Your praise will follow your understanding. Because I understand the times in which we live, I give you praise. Because I understand this is the day the Lord hath made, I give you praise. Because I understand, Lord, there's more that's for us than those that are against us. I give you praise. Renew our mind in the name of Jesus. I pray that the times of refreshing would become obvious Uh, to every Holy Ghost filled Jesus named baptized man or woman let there be an understanding Uh, this is the time of refreshing this is the time of the outpouring of your spirit this is the latter day whoo Do you have five minutes to just give him praise? Would you come down? Let's spend five minutes at this altar. And I wonder if we could just praise him together with one mind and one accord with one voice. I don't know what you may be facing, but I believe that as the body of Christ comes together and acknowledges there's, there's a unity of mind by your praise and you lift up your voice right now in a declaration of victory, I don't know what you may be facing, but God said, I'm going to give you understanding right now. Come on. I feel the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Come on. Would you spend four or five minutes right now by lifting up your voice and praising God? Come on. Ask God to renew your mind. Renew my mind, oh Lord. whoo, hallelujah oh I feel it in the Holy Ghost let everything that hath breath praise him oh let there be a roar of victory out of the camp of Israel you are mighty God you are holy God You have brought us to the kingdom for such a time as this. God, I pray for understanding. I pray for wisdom. I pray for insight, God. According to your word, we submit our mind unto you to be willing and to be ready and to be humble. Lord, give us a spirit of commitment in the name of Jesus. I'm not holding anything back. I'm putting it all on the altar. I'm giving it all to you, Lord. I desire you more than my necessary food. I desire your wisdom, God. Yay, yeah, Lord, yay, yeah, Lord, yeah. Let God be true in every man a liar. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Let your mouth declare it. Oh, yes, we move from just thinking it to speaking it. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus, let your name be lifted up. Hallelujah. Let everything that hath breath praise you, Lord. Give us understanding, oh God. Give us the spirit of love and power and a sound mind, O oh God. Let there be unity in the body of Christ. Let there be a commitment in the body of Christ. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I speak victory over every family, over every marriage. I speak victory, Lord, over this church in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against it shall prosper. I speak victory over every family in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord, we declare it according to your word. We speak it by faith in the name of Jesus. Woo! That's it now for 30 seconds. Just give him praise. With your mouth, give him praise. Jesus, Jesus, you are high and lifted up, O Lord. Your train fills the temple. You are the mighty God and the everlasting Father. There is none that is likened to thee. You sit upon the circle of the earth. Heaven is your throne and earth is your footstool. You're greater than every sickness. You're greater than cancer. You're greater than COVID. You're greater, Lord, than anything that's on this planet. In the name of Jesus. 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 Woo, hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Mm. If you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you have the spirit of God. You have that spirit of love and power and a sound mind. If you don't feel those things in your spirit and in your heart though you know your Holy Ghost filled then what has to happen is a renewing of your mind you've got to bring to remembrance the word of God and it will reactivate power love and a sound mind thank you Jesus God is good isn't he God bless you you're free to pray as long as you want You're dismissed in Jesus' name.